This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good afternoon, I've made far trips in my life. I've gone literally to the other end of the world. I think the furthest location that I travel to to give a shear is Australia. It's a schlep and a half. Actually, I have a magnet collection at home. My favorite magnet is Australia. What a schlep. First, you have to go to Los Angeles. And then you sit there in the airport and you get a connecting flight and it's another 16 hours from there till you get down under. And I don't know about you, but I, when I'm sitting on a plane, for an hour I get stir-crazy. I don't know what to do with myself. I can't even sit so long. Seven hours and then 16 hours, it's a very long trip. And I've taken short trips in my life. Last Thursday, I was slated to speak in Cleveland. My flight was scheduled for 2.10. I'm sitting there on the runway. 10 minutes pass, 20 minutes pass, a half hour passes, an hour passes, two hours pass. We need a route, a reroute, there's weather. I don't know what they're talking about. Weather from here to Cleveland, it was 90 degrees outside last Thursday. They made up this thing, there's a hurricane, it never happened. And I'm sitting on the runway for three hours. Then they said they needed more fuel, so we headed back to the gate. And then a guy gets on the plane and he says, okay, flight is canceled. So I never even made it to Cleveland. So sometimes you could travel to the other end of the world, and it takes a very long time. Sometimes you want to make it next door, you can't even get there. Friends, we are embarking on a very great journey. We're about to make an attempt to reach the Kisei HaKavad. To reach HaKadosh Baruch It's a long trip. It's a daunting trip. From here, down here in this world, all the way up to God, that's where we're all headed. We're trying to get there on Yom Kippur. How are we going to get there? How are we going to make sure we have enough fuel? How are we going to make sure there's no traffic, there's no weather? How are we going to reach HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Did you ever realize that Yom Kippur begins with Kal Nidre? We start Kal Nidre with this sentence, with this Pasuk. You know what Pasuk we say the night of Yom Kippur? You remember that Pasuk? That's the opening line of Yom Kippurim. Ask around. Nobody understands why we say this Pasuk. Why do we kick off Yom Kippur? You know, the kickoff of Yom Kippur. So actually, some offer as follows. You ready? Watch this. I want you to picture in your mind's eye for a moment the Pasuk. Oyer, Zarua, Latzadik, Ule Yishrei, Lev, Simcha. We're now going to take the Soifei Tevois, the last letter of each word. The last letter of Ur is Aresh, Zarua, Ayin, Latzadik, Kuf, 
Yud, Lev, Vez, Simcha, Hey, Rabbi Akiva. Did you know that? It's a remez to Rabbi Akiva. In the opening moments of Yom HaKippurim. Rabbi Akiva was a great man. Why do we talk about him in the opening moments of Yom Kippur? You know, it's interesting. We're probably all familiar with the account of the death of Rabbi Akiva. We know the Romans made a decree that nobody could teach Torah publicly and Rabbi Akiva flagrantly, openly taught Torah and his students asked, you're teaching Torah at a time like this? And Rabbi Akiva said, Torah is our life. If we don't teach Torah now, we have no future. Rabbi Akiva was taken, they raked his flesh with combs of steel. But the Gemara does not tell us when Rabbi Akiva was killed. However, there's a Medrash. The Medrash teaches us that Rabbi Akiva died on Yom HaKippurim. So actually, if you put these two accounts together, where Rabbi Akiva died, what was Rabbi Akiva doing at the time of his demise? He was saying the Shema. We always think Rabbi Akiva was saying the Kriya Shema Shel Shacharis of the morning. But no, according to the Medrash we see, Rabbi Akiva passed away the night of Yom HaKippurim. And therefore it's suggested we begin Yom Kippur with a secret Hesped eulogy for Rabbi Akiva who died at that moment. Or Zarua Lat Sadik Ule Yishrei Lev Simcha. In fact, one of the great all time leaders of the Jewish people in the last 300 years, Rav Moshe Soifer, Chassam Soifer, he began every Kol Nidre Drasha speaking about Rabbi Akiva. And Chassam Soifer pointed out of all the great Tanoim, the Tanoim, the sages of the Tanaitic period, which Tana reveals to us the power of Yom Kippur? He makes the following statement, Ashrechem Yisrael, fortunate are the Jewish people, Lifnei mi'atem mitaharim, who purifies you on Yom Kippur? Umi mitaher before whom are you purifying yourself? Avichem Shabashamaim, it's your father. Who remembers who made that statement? Amar Rabbi Akiva. We see Rabbi Akiva was connected to the soul of Yom Kippur. If anyone understood Yom Kippur, it's the great Tana Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is Yom Kippur. He passed on Yom Kippur. We begin the day mentioning Rabbi Akiva. Maybe Rabbi Akiva has an insight for us how we're going to get to the Kisei HaKavad. I'll tell you something personal. You know, I knew I was coming to speak here in Hank. And I had the privilege of being with Rabbi Hochauer over Rosh Hashanah and hearing his beautiful tefillahs. And I'm trying to remember, Hank, Hank, you know, I was a rabbi in Queens. And when I first got married, I davened in a shul, Rabbi Savitsky shul. I remember I used to go to the 8 o'clock minion and sitting next to me for about three to four years, every single morning was an, an older tzaddik that I became very close with, Rabbi Shlomo Warman. 
I became very, very close with Rabbi Warman. So close that when his wife passed away, I had the privilege, he came to my house for Shabbos meals. Even one time, I had the zuchus to tie his shoes. I'll never forget that. At the very end of his life, I had the merit to tie his shoes. And he would always tell me about Hank and Reblazer Silver and the Rav and how he would walk across the bridge to learn with Rav Moshe Feinstein once a week personally. And he would tell me about... And when Rabbi Warman passed away, I want to tell you something. When I started writing Svarim, I was an amateur. Rabbi Warman personally edited my first articles that I ever wrote. He sent it into the Hama'ar to get it published. That was the beginning of my publishing career. He gave me, I actually have manuscripts of his that he wrote that either he did publish, he didn't publish. And when he passed away, his family gave me a lot of his personal svarim. I forgot to bring it this morning. Rabbi Warman once said, in the name of the Satma Rebbe, you know, here we are, we're in the time of tshuva, and we ask ourselves, how are we going to get to the throne of glory? How are we going to reach Hashem? Hashem is what number? What number is the numerical value of Yud Kevavke? 26. How are we going to reach from point zero to 26? So Rabbi Warman would say, the Pasuk says, Tashev Enosh Adaka. God positions, positions man, Daka, Dalid, Chaf, Aleph, 25. He puts us all the way up to number 25. And then he says, all you need to do is, just jump up to me. It's only one step. You don't have to jump up 21 steps. I put you up to number 25. You just have to reach to the finish line. Let's explain that further. I'm going to share with you now, but I need your undivided attention because you're never going to hear this again. A revolutionary type of gematria. This is not amateur gematria here. This is like gematrios on steroids, okay? It's well known. We know every Hebrew letter is ascribed a certain value. Aleph is one, Bez is two, Gimel is three, Tess is nine, Yud is ten, Chaf is twenty, and so on and so forth. There's a system of gematria. If you break up a word the following way, I'll give you an example for starters. Rashi says, in Parshas Kisavai, that Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah, Ba'er Heitev, very well. Says Rashi, how well? Rashi says 70 languages. Art scroll is already up to English, French, maybe some things in Russian. I've seen Persian translations. They don't have 70 translations yet of any Chumash or, or Gemara. Moshe translated the Torah into 70 languages. So the Mepharshim are troubled. Where did Rashi get this from? How do you see that Moshe translated the Torah into 70 languages? One of the most important commentaries on Chumash is the Mizrahi. The Mizrahi was a Rishon. I had the privilege last January to go to Turkey where the Mizrahi is buried. The Mizrahi uncovers the following sensational gematria. If you take the word Heitev, Hey Yud Tes Vez, and you do the following, Hey is 5, Hey Yud 15, 
Hey you the test. 24. Hey you test vase 26. 5. 15. 24. 26. 70. That's where Rashi got it from. Rashi was able to analyze the word Hetev and break it down. First letter, first two letters, first three letters, four letters, add it up. That's where Rashi got it from. So I'm going to share with you a Kabbalistic insight into tshuva. You're going to be able, you're going to get this. Watch this. The Gemara tells us, you know how powerful tshuva is? Tshuva is great. It reaches the throne of glory. How does it get there? You ready for this? Take the words, Kisei HaKavayd. Throne of glory. Kaf. Kaf Samach. Kaf Samach Aleph. Kaf Samach Aleph Hey. Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf. Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf Vez. Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf Vez Vav. Kaf Samach Aleph Hey Chaf Vez Vav Dalid. Equals 713 Tshuva. That's the source, says Rav Shamshin of Ashtrapoli. How our sages know how powerful tshuva is, that it reaches all the way to the Kisei HaKavod. It's unbelievable, remarkable. But we learn something very important from here. You know what we see from here? There's only one way to get to the Kisei HaKavod. Little by little by little by little. First you do the Kaf, then you do the Kaf Samach, then you do the Kaf Samach Aleph. Nobody got to the Kisei HaKavayit by jumping and hopping and skipping and flying. Inch by inch by inch, the only way we grow in this world is little tiny increments. That's the only way it's going to happen. And do you know who taught the Jewish people how microscopic Levels of growth add up to tremendous, tremendous accomplishments. There was a man who was 40 years old who had really never accomplished much in his life. He was not successful in learning and he was not successful in life. And he was walking by a well and he sees a hole in the rock. And he asks himself, How in the world is there a hole in this powerful rock? And he sees the water dripping on the rock. And he's sort of bewildered because not one drop carved out any noticeable difference in the rock. But he made the following observation. Obviously, even though I can't see the impact that every drop is having on the rock, But drop after drop after drop, it's making an imprint, it's making an impact. Maybe if I go back to learn, I might not see what it's doing to me today. I might not see what it's doing to me this year. But little by little by little, if I apply myself, it's going to catapult me to great heights. We try to change ourselves over Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Lasting change comes in tiny, tiny pieces. Sometimes it could be, you know, 
Maybe when I get home, from now on, I'm going to learn five extra minutes a day. Maybe I'm going to come two minutes earlier to the tefillah. Maybe this year, I'm going to make sure not to bring my phone with me into the davening. Small, important steps change the course of a person's life. You know, a few weeks ago, I was invited to speak in Panama. So once I was there, I figured I'm not going to pass up the opportunity. I'm going to go to one of the seven wonders of the world, Panama Canal. Okay? It was a blazing hot day. You know, the Panama, before the Panama Canal, if you want to transport goods, let's say from New York to California, you want to put it on a boat, the boat has to go 8,000 miles all the way down around the southern tip of South America, Cape Horn, all the way back up to get to California. It takes weeks and weeks and weeks. So they made a marvel of engineering. They carved a hole through a country. They chiseled away at the mountains in Panama. And they opened up the Atlantic to the Pacific. But you know, we still got a problem. Because the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean are not on the same level. Actually, we have to figure out how we're going to lift up a ship to get from one ocean to the next 85 meters in the air. So you say, not a problem. We'll take cranes and we'll lift up the ship. Did you know you can't even take 10 cranes to lift up one of these ships? You know how heavy? There was a Norwegian sailor, a Norwegian cruise ship. It weighed 168,000 tons. There is no human way possible to lift it up from one ocean to the other. So how do they do it? Simple. You know, you would think the Panama Canal uses a lot of technology. There's no technology. How do they get one ship from up from one water level to the next? Very simple. It's called gravity. They flood the canal. And the water enters millions and millions of gallons. Enter, and all of a sudden you're sitting there, and in eight minutes, their Norwegian cruise ship raises up. Uh, 85 meters in the air. What is raising up that ship? What crane? What mechanism? You know what's doing it? The most powerful element in this world. Water. Water. The water floods the small area and the ship just rises, rises, rises. And I said to myself... What if Rabbi Akiva was standing here at the Panama Canal? What would Rabbi Akiva say if he saw this? Maybe Rabbi Akiva would make the following argument, the following that if water, which is so soft, could lift up 168,000 tons, then imagine me, little old me, who am I? What am I? I'm just a young man, a young woman. Maybe I feel bogged down. Maybe I'm heavy. Maybe I feel sullied. How am I going to ever reach the heavens? The answer is, the Torah is so powerful that if you apply yourself, you dedicate yourself, you focus on it, 
You give it your attention. You give it your emotion. You give it your heart. The Torah could elevate you to the highest heavens. Maybe that's what Rabbi Akiva would have said if he was at the Panama Canal. You know what the secret of Rabbi Akiva was? You ever study the word Akiva? Ayin, Kuf, Yud, Vez, Aleph or He? The Mikubalim tell us, the Benishchai brings this, Akiva stands for Yesh Koina Oilamai Bisha Achas. It is possible to acquire the whole world. It is possible to reach the heavens in one moment. This was the essence of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva understood that life consists of an inch at a time, a moment at a time, a line at a time, an idea at a time. And that's how you get to the highest of heavens. So last Thursday, I'm in JFK. I'm headed to Cleveland. And I've already been on enough trips to know if you could avoid putting luggage on the plane, do it at all costs. Because it's like 50-50. I would say it's like gambling, right? Giving your luggage to the, uh, air, to the uh, pilot or the airline, it's like 50-50 you're ever going to see it again. I've been to many places. I went to France. Where's my luggage? It went to Orlando. I went to Alaska. Where's my luggage? Also Orlando. They like to send your possessions to Orlando. Now, how long does it take to see again? It could take anywhere between a week and six months. If you don't want something, put it in your suitcase. So I had this great plan. I'm going to Cleveland. I'm only spending the night there. I don't really need that much stuff. My wife got me a brand new wheelie that you put on the plane. In other words, I don't have to, I don't have to put it under the plane. I could hold it in my hand. Okay, this way I don't have to check in any luggage. Fine, I have this down pat. So I'm going through security in JFK. I have a few items. I have my knapsack, because my knapsack, I have my notes for the shear I was giving, giving. And I had this brand new wheelie. Here's the problem. It was the first time I was using the wheelie. I wasn't used to traveling with it. So I go through security. I'm walking out. I have my knapsack. I have another item. It was a very hot day. I get a drink. I'm sitting by the gate. I say, where's my wheelie? I said, what, what's in my wheelie? Oh, my talisman fell in. I can't believe. Now, if you don't know where your suitcase is in an in a airport, you're in big trouble. The likelihood of you ever seeing it again is like nil. You, if you leave a suitcase unattended in an in a airport, they blow it up or something. I don't know. They have special procedures. Or if you get it back, it could take... You know, five to seven years or something. If you ever took a look at the lost and found in an airport, it's like a room like this with just suitcases. And by the way, they make sure to rip off your name tag when they get it. So, so how am I going to ever find this suitcase? What, what am I going to do? My talus and tefillin are there. So I thought maybe I left in the concession stand where I got a drink. I go there. Did you see a suitcase? No, they didn't see a suitcase. I can't believe it. I didn't take it out from security. I run back to security. Anybody who knows me, I love Rabbi Meir Balanes, I'm a Lakad de Meir Aneni, whatever, whatever I need to do. All the prayers, all the tefillahs. I run back to security, one conveyor belt, suitcase is not there, another conveyor belt. 
Then there's this table in between the two conveyor belts, and there is my suitcase. Nobody touched it for 40 minutes. I was very grateful. I got on the plane. I waited on the runway for over three hours, and then it was canceled. And I ask, I'm thinking to myself, why did I need to go through this experience? If the flight needed to be canceled, I ended up giving the shear for Cleveland on Zoom. Why did I need to be in the airport for three hours? And I realized Riban Shalom was reminding me a very important message. You know, one time I took my boys to Eretz Yisrael. My son left his coat on the plane. We were in the airport. Oh, could you go back on the plane to get your coat? No, you can't go back. You know why? Because the plane is a different country. You actually need a visa. You need a green card to go back onto the plane and get your coat. But I was able to get my suitcase in this case. You know why? Because I was still in the airport. And when you're still in the airport, you could find your suitcase. And Rebbein Shem was reminding me, as long as we're still here in this world, you could go back and find your suitcase. You could think back into your lifetime and say, you know, maybe there's certain things that I'm doing I could improve upon. Maybe there's certain things that I've done in my past that I need to correct. I need to regret. I need to change. I need to improve upon. If you're still in the airport, if we're still here in this world, you know, the days of the Aseris Yimei Tshuva, the days of Yom Kippurim, of Rosh Hashanah, and the days in between are the most important days of our life. Each day corresponds, today is Wednesday, on today Wednesday we could correct every Wednesday of our entire life. Because we're still in the airport. That's something always to remember. We're here in this world, Hashem is giving us a great opportunity. You could still find your suitcase. You could still go back in time. We could still make the changes and adjustments that we need to make. Yesh kaina aylamai b'sha'achas. In this world, small increments, small steps, small movements, it could catapult us all the way to the heaven. Thank you very much for this great opportunity. I wish everyone a Gemara Chasimah And how amazing is it that Rabbi Lashon's Russia was peace on Rabbi Warman, who was a legendary Rebbe, can ask all your other family about Rabbi Warman, who was a Rebbe for so many years. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like down on the main uh, I mean, I'm just Okay, whatever. I'm going to go on to the next one. Alright. Um, also, Mom, you can actually do Chazan this year because this year is going to be until any time, very soon. Then you can listen to Rabbi Lansky's Shurim, like many, many people do, until any time. And with that, um, on tomorrow's Hayom, or I can send it to you, do it on the WhatsApp as well. The link to Rabbi Gladstein's safer on on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Beautiful, beautiful, and most appropriate way to be able to prepare for them. So we'll send you that link. And I'm casually waiting for instructions to how we're going to go about the next part.
Okay, girls, you can dismiss through that door exclusively. Watch the camera. I boys, wait one second. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.